Creedence Clearwater Revival and Bull Riding. Probably the only time you'll hear those words in the same sentence on tonight's Rocks and Dirt. Yes, it's CCR and bull riding. History in the making. Tonight's Rocks and Dirt. Good evening. I'm Mike Harper, your host, joined by producer Todd Rinley. Hey, everybody. And color commentary from Steve Graham. Hey, I want to know, have y'all ever seen the rain or the sleet? <laughs> Coming down. Sunny day. Creedence Clearwater Revival. What a history behind these guys. Probably not a man, woman, or child in this great land of ours who hasn't heard it. Creedence Clearwater Revival song, or CCR, as we like to call them. Seven albums, three live albums, 41 compilation albums, and 29 singles, all in a career that spanned about an hour and a half. They weren't around a long time. A lot of big songs, though, in that short period of time. Yeah, and they were a staple and continue to be uh, classic rock radio. Man, this is the best music to ever come out of the bayou. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they weren't from the bayou. They wrote about it. They were from Northern California. Shut I don't up. think they'd ever been into the South or the or the uh, swamps or Louisiana before they became a big rock band. Funny how they got lumped into that somehow. I guess because that's all they sang about. They included that in their lyrics. And also, notice CCR is a heck of a lot easier to say than. Credence, Clearwater, Revival. Yeah. I think that's why everybody calls them CCR. Yeah, it's good, good just choice. Credence. Everybody gets that mixed up with another rock band. Uh, yeah. Cross Canadian Ragweed, oh, yeah. an yeah. Oklahoma band. I don't think they're qualified the to take 2000s. CCR. I don't think they've paid their dues. No, we should call them Ragweed. I'm sure yeah, the, Ragweed's better than I'm sure they're fine CCR. young men. Oh, yeah. But the Credence started in 68, and they start cranking out hit after hit. 69, 70, 71, and I believe they broke up in 72, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it was it was a clammy tale, in that uh, lead singer and frontman John Fogerty, who wrote uh, virtually all the songs, uh, I guess pretty much dominated the group. And the other guy that started singing, hey, they started in high school. I mean, they all known, and he was the youngest guy in the band. They, so he was probably like a, they probably looked at him as a little kid, you know, because they'd grown up together. Yeah, and his o- his older brother was the rhythm guitarist, so Tom Fogerty. Yeah, and they and had a so they had a big robbery with him, I guess. The whole falling thing. out eventually, didn't they? And he wrote these great songs, and he's like, "Hey, look, I got these songs. I mean, they're they're doing us good." And but eventually, the other guys want to start writing and singing songs, and he was like, "John Fogerty was like, well, okay." And they did it on the last album, and of course, it wasn't a good album from by all accounts. Yeah, we're we'll get around to that album, yeah. but you know, he quit before that last album. He, did. he didn't even when when uh, John finally gave in and let the other guys record their songs for an album that failed. Yeah, uh, his brother was already gone. Yeah, there right. was three piece. By the way, he chose to leave, but he never. I heard one time he never forgave John. Yeah, for, that's the story. Well, I saw, but, but the but the band without John leading the band was no band at all. Yeah, it was know? his band. I remember watching the uh, the Dan Rather interview a couple years ago with John Fogerty, and he said he still John Fogerty was still pretty torn up about it. He, he was like, well, back in, back in the day when they were cranking all these hits, uh, his brother was. 
his older brother Tom was was like, "Well, you're developing quite a repertoire, aren't you?" And he wasn't saying it in a good way. He was saying it in a real nasty way. It's kind of jealous. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Sibling robbery. It's too bad, isn't it? Because yeah. what what a career and what a what a repertoire collection of hits. Yeah, I mean, we're just hearing a, a sampling of them here. But my goodness, just one after the next. That first year, they put out about nine singles. I mean, that's like every couple. Every couple of 19, weeks. 1969. <laughs> three albums uh, in 1969. 69. Yeah. And none of them were live or compilations. Three studio albums in 1969 in one year. Yeah, and a lot of top tens, including uh, Proud Mary, including Bad Moon Rising, Green River, Down on the Corner, Fortunate Son. My goodness, so many. Traveling Band, Who Will Stop the Rain. Up around the bend. Look was that all 16 in 69? Uh, I've, I've, re- I've ventured into 70 now. Okay. Uh, uh, looking out my back door. Uh, they sold more than the Beatles that year in 1969. Is that right? said, yeah. Yeah. That's, of course, uh, they put out a lot more singles. That that's, a phenom- that's a phenomenal output. I don't know where they found the time. I guess they had to tour as well. Yeah, they toured a lot. In order to be able to sell these albums. They used those custom apps with the padding on them, I think. When right? I see those, I think of... Yeah, and that re- that heavy reverb sound on the guitar. Yeah, and what a tremolo sound on the guitar. Too. Yeah, they're kind of a throwback band. They kind of went back to the blues and and country and kind of fifties uh, roots rock. Like a tremolo band is like like a Little Richard song kind of. Yeah. So he was uh, in the military for a short while. Yes. Yeah. And this uh, run through the jungle was probably about that, yeah. 1970, right? Yeah, he never went to Vietnam, but he saw a lot of his friends go, I'm sure. But he, he, did, he served in Fort Bragg and for like a year, I think. I think I saw where he, he knew his number was coming up, so he went yeah. and enlisted in the reserves, I guess, or in some, sort, yeah. some form of the military. Uh, and he was able to avoid, I guess, direct combat. But, you know, the, they were all against the war back then. That was a very unpopular war. Yeah, he said even the soldiers Viet- were against the war. They didn't want to go over Yeah, there. Vietnam. Yeah, that was a, a turbulent time Political for the country. War. In late 60s and early 70s. And sure enough, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, or Creedence, uh, kind of leading the way in, in a lot of these songs of that era. Now, when I was, good up tempo. I, I was in sixth grade in 1970, and Cosmos Factory was my favorite album. In fact, I think that's the only album I... Than I ever had, but boy, what, what a lot of hits on that album! Well, this is it. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know what songs won albums are on what albums because I had the, the the Chronicle. That's the greatest hits. Credence is the greatest hits. Chronicle. It's a double album. And there's even a Chronicle volume two because not all of them can fit on a double album. Wow. The cover of Cosmos Factory always intrigued me. It's kind of a fun. Yeah. They're a guy on a bike and they're just kind of sitting around in a looks like a rehearsal room or something. Not sure what they're origin of that title is but I love their version of Heard It Through the Grapevine yeah, and this cool. is the first one I really knew I didn't know it was a, a we, Motown we song yeah. Scotty does the, the Marvin Gaye version and the trio does the yeah. Credence version and, and the trio version or the, the the Credence version it's like the album version is like I don't know eight minutes long that's or right yeah and I, that, I always dug that as a kid is it been not special long too? Their version of been not special. Yeah, I believe so. That was an old Lead Belly song, so that's an old song too. Yeah, a lot of great influences there, and they in turn influenced a lot of others. Okay, guys, I apologize. Uh, I missed this uh, 1968. That's their first album. I started back at 1969. I that's thought right. that was the beginning, but 1968 was the beginning with this cool song. Check it out. 
this would be a very good Cajun song. Oh, we've done this. Oh, yeah, we do this. I think it's a remake of Screaming Jay Hawkins. Yeah, isn't that weird? And Susie Q's on this, too. That was a remake of Dale Hawkins. I didn't even know about this song until we played it. Are you serious? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Now, that, that Tab guy, what's his name? Tab Benoit. From, uh, from home of Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> he used to play in Tyler. He, he, he does a version of this that is uh, oh, that's great. a lot sexier than this. You know, I, I, I'd like for us to listen to that. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm not trying to do that one. What was his name again? Tab Benoit. I just wanted to hear you say it. Isn't that a dessert? It's like a yeah, thing I think it is. In New yeah. Orleans, yeah. I get the low-calorie kind. Beignet. Gluten-free. So, yeah. 30 million albums in four years. Do the math. So many hits. All written by John Fogarty. Oh, my goodness. And he still plays them. You're, you're, you're tapping this on your leg while ago, yeah. and I recognize yeah, this is one. Of, this is one of the beats I'll teach young drummers because it's kind of a, it's a simple pattern. Do you fade in? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to do. But it's there's several songs... By Credence with this kind of a beat. Uh, is there a name for that beat? Or the Credence beat? No, I, I, that's what I call it. <laughs> the Suzy Q beat. <laughs> and then, alas, uh, you know, they had a parting of the ways, and it was a pretty bitter parting to the point where they actually uh, got voted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I believe. 1993, I think. Yeah. And. And they all years. appeared there. Uh, well, I guess the three of them did. Three I guess, surviving. Yeah. Uh, Tom Fogarty was not uh, alive. He passed away in the late 80s, I think. And and they put on their happy faces, but they were not happy with each other. Uh, Stu and uh, the other guy. Uh, uh, Doug Clifford, yeah, the they, drummer, and Stu Cook. The they were tight. Player. Yeah. Or they appeared to be tight. You know, they were kind of in, in force against John Fogarty. Yeah. Uh, so they all accepted the award together, but it was not a happy reunion. It's sad, That's isn't sad. it? Yeah, those guys grew up together too, and they always had a rivalry. Well, well, success. It's the story of a lot of bands. Sometimes um, success could be worse than not yeah. succeeding in some cases. Yeah. Hey, here's a song called Cross Tie Walker. You know, he he mentions Cross Tie Walkers in that in one of those tunes. What is a cross tie walker? It must be like walking tracks. So what this is? What are you playing now? I don't know the deep cuts. A cross tie walker. Which album is it? Sounds this? like the other Creed songs. It just says Green River. And it's 1969. Okay. I think that was their third album. Okay. That's cool. That could have been a hit too, just like all the others. Let's hear the chorus. a lot of guys of our era around this these here parts kind of grew up around Credence and learned to play guitar oh, yeah. in, their, in their garage bands. I teach you a lot of their songs and guitar lessons. They're easy to, yeah, not really hard to play and they're, they use a lot of the same basic chords. They're, they're good. Major and minor and seventh chords. And they're great songs to learn. I mean, you're learning guitar. A favorite of many, CCR, here on Rocks and Dirt. Uh, anything else before we move to the next segment? Well, I want to talk about this Mardi Gras album. All right, the last one. I'm not too familiar with the that. Unfor- the yeah. unfortunate one. The failure. <laughs> Were there any hits? Uh, yeah, Hitchhiker. Sweet oh, Hitchhiker. Sweet, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know that one. I don't uh, think it's on any of the critical. Sweet Hitchhiker. Well, tell them the story about what happened on Mardi Gras and why it was not a hit. Okay, so um, 
everybody had been wanting to contribute for several albums, yeah, maybe they, years. Starting with the second album. Uh, and, they, and yeah, like you said earlier, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you're really racking up a lot of great songs, you know, and nobody else is, everybody else is just playing along. So he finally gave in. And in 1972, they re- recorded Mardi Gras. And um, here's one you never heard. Very yeah, country. One of the other guys, Stu or Stu or, or Doug, or is this a John song? I don't, know. I don't think it's a John song. I don't know, but I'll no, t- it ain't John. It is. So they split it up three ways, basically. That's John singing. Is that John? Sounds like him. But wait, I don't know. Okay, maybe not. No, it could be. What's it called? They're trying to sound like him, whoever it is. L- looking for a reason. I'm a looking for a reason. Oh, so that says thing. John Fogarty, sure enough. Okay, it was him. Yeah. He didn't do this, one. this one? Ooh, fuck. Take it like a friend. Maybe Take it like a friend is Stu Cook. Ooh. He's a good bass player, though, but not, not so much a singer. This is good. Why didn't you guys buy this? Huh? I said, why didn't you guys buy this? This is good. Yeah, I should have bought this. <laughs> oh, they do a version of Hello, Mary Lou. Uh, hang on hang on a minute. Hey, Siri, who wrote Hello, Mary Lou? I don't know who the writer is in Hello, Mary Lou. Okay, well, she's no help. <laughs> I thought she was supposed to know stuff. She's supposed to know everything. <laughs> well, Wikipedia says Gene Pitney. I guess uh, Wikipedia gets the win on that one. Well, rock the don't bore, oh boy. Sounds like that song. Yeah, it does. Try Sweet Hitchhiker. Um, okay, all right. And this one got some airplay. Yeah, this was the only hit from the album. I think that's John Fogarty. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. I've never heard it. Really? Me It's not Rocco, I think. I believe that's when they'd get him on the dance floor. It probably would. It's got a sweet beat, easy to dance with. Raunchy guitar. There you go, CCR on Rocks and Dirt as we segue into our next portion of the program. Todd, didn't you have a couple of dates that you wanted to share with us? This Thursday, uh, 23, 24, 25th, is that right? 25th, we're going to be at Crazy Cajun. We've missed the last two weeks because of weather and uh, weather for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the beginning and the end of it. Yeah, and then we're going to be back there on Saturday. uh, Be the 27th, 27th. wasn't it? It's part of the Mardi Gras celebration. We're going to be the Mardi Gras celebration. They still got the crawfish going on and everything. It's going to be lots of fun. The crawfish got sold. Oh, that's what I heard, yeah. Hey, we're, we're going to pull out my acoustic this Thursday. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do some acoustic stuff. and do some A little variety. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, you also mentioned a couple of dates for bull riding. Is that right? Or rodeo? Mesquite rodeo, which, you know, we live right here close to Mesquite, so we go all the time. Uh. <laughs> Hell, I was born here, and I was raised here, and that's going, I'm going to die here. And no 
Sayerwinding, bushwhacking, porn swoggling, crusher croaker <laughs> is going to roll away. Mike, you were like 20 minutes from I there. Can, How many I times have you been? I have, I have not. And have been, that's, no. I'm going to have to rectify now, that. Now, who can argue with that? Robert. So the bull riding is going to uh, start in June uh, 2021 in Mesquite. So uh, when I say bull riding, the rodeos will start in June. They call the thing rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Boots, chaps, cowboy hands. So bull riding is our topic tonight on the dirt segment of Rocks and Dirt. Bull riding, a rodeo sport. Not a dirt net sport. <laughs> that involves a rider getting on a bucking bull and attempting to stay mounted while the animal tries to buck off the rider. So it's, it's yeah, not, it's, it's crazy. It's not, a, it's not real. It's a simple process, but not an easy one. They call it the most dangerous eight seconds in sports. It really that. is. I believe that. And 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 you love these guys because they're not overpaid. They're not overquoted. They don't. They're not all entitled and everything. And some of them are raised on it, don't you think? Like their daddy yeah. did it. And they yeah. You have to be 18 years old to to ride, and you have to purchase a PBR membership that's $520 a year. Ooh, which is interesting. When they sign up to ride that night, they have to sign up within an hour before the competition starts. So they can be on their way to Amarillo, and if, they, if they make it, no. <laughs> then, they can, then they can give their money, which, uh, you know, they got to pay to enter, and they got to pay for insurance yeah. to, to, to do that as well. So that's all very, all very interesting. Everybody loves bull riding. I mean, that's why you go, right? And here's a telling statistic. According to injury classification system that they use, 36% of the injuries to bull riders are severe. Like one out of three oh, fractures, man. you know, severe injury, concussions. They were helmets now, don't they? Uh, Some of them do. I think if you land on your head, that helmet's wearing you. <laughs> it's, it's mostly knees. Yeah, they, their knees are the most common injury. Okay. And then it's, and then it's uh, uh, concussions. Uh, they mentioned facial injuries. Are we talking about getting stepped in the, on the face by a bull? Is that well, like the worst thing that can happen in your life? There, there's one bull, Bodacious, uh, has this move where he, he goes forward and he throws the cowboy forward. And then he, and then he pulls his head back and, and, and just wrecks them with his head. And he's really good at this move. And so this guy, Tough Hedeman... Maybe you've yeah. heard of him. We'll get around to that movie in a little bit. Yeah. Um, he, it destroyed his face. And so he went through weeks of plastic surgery afterwards. And when he got done, he come out and his kids didn't recognize him. Got a lot of miles on that face. Back in the day when bull riding started, it was hard to find really good bulls. And nowadays, there's a lot of them. And they're like celebrities. Yeah. They're treated like celebrities. They're treated yeah. better than the riders are. <laughs> yeah, People who feel bad for the bulls shouldn't. Um, they, they They're are. doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, they got a 401k. According to the Professional uh, Riders Association, bulls killed five riders in the past five years. And as longtime rodeo announcer KT Anderson said, if you ride at some point, you will be injured. Oh, that's encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> you will. There's no, it's not if, it's when. It's like being a biker. You know? Yeah. yeah. You're getting down or you're going down. These guys are in it for, for, you know, for life. These guys are, it's in their blood, I guess, and they can't, they can't hit themselves. So bull riding. Now, I wonder, if, have you ever tried the bull riding, like, in a bar or something where you have Mechanical the, bull, mechanical like urban cowboy? Yeah, have you done that? I have not. Well, I wonder how similar that is to actual bull riding or if it's, 
simulates it at all. I doubt it's very close. Yeah. It, it, and there's a guy controlling it, I guess. Right, and the faster you right. get saved like by Urban Cowboy, you will get thrown. And if a bad guy's doing it, like, like Wes Hightower, the character yeah. in Urban Cowboy, it could be dangerous. <laughs> never cared for I've seen that movie so many times. Never cared for the movie myself. Wes Hightower, played by Scott Glenn. I, Urban Cowboy, 1980. These bull riders weigh about 150 pounds apiece. No, they're, no. They're, they range from 5'5 five foot five to 5'10. Five oh, That's okay. about it. Okay. Like so a medium jockey. Yeah. Like That's what I'm wearing tonight, medium jockey. So as soon as a bull breaks the barrier coming out of the thing, he's got to stay on for eight seconds. Okay. He's got one hand uh, around the uh, cinch, and then he's got his other hand free. And if he uh, touches himself, touches the bull. Oh, he's not allowed to touch. Oh, I was wondering why they had their hand, other hand way up like that. Yeah, they touch any, if they touch anything, the they're they're done. Oh, okay. I know. thought that was for balance like or something. You can't touch the ball with your hands. Yeah. The PVR ride is scored from 100, from 0 to 100 points in total. Up to 50 points is scored for the rider and 50 points for the bull. Four judges award score up to 25 points each for the rider's performance and four judges up to 25 points each for the bull's effort. And if the bull gives a bad ride, the judges can, if they want to, offer another ride. Oh, okay. So, these guys make anywhere from 19000 up to $187,000 a year. So they average about $64,000. And there's been some guys that I read about that have made $7 million rides. One made $6 million rides and one made $5 million rides. And I suppose that happens, you know, in Vegas or something every once in a while. But those are the best paying rides ever. So, what is the deal with the clowns that come running out with big barrels? What are they trying to prove? The clowns are there to distract the bull once the cowboy yeah. comes off. Because okay. they'll build a wall between the cowboy and the bull to try to okay. keep the bull you know, he, he goes after whoever he just threw off, but they distract him and okay. get him going a different direction. So he can get out of there. Well, something we uh, had not delved into in the past, and maybe you hadn't really heard, thought about bull riding, but hey, go to the rodeo, and now you can apply some of your knowledge to a real-life setting. Um, and maybe you have, have an aspiring young rodeo clown in your family <laughs> maybe because of listening to Rocks and Dirt. I was going to tell you before we go, PBR starts. Uh, it's already started, actually. It started in January. Coming up on the 26th, uh, they're going to be in Sioux Falls uh, in April 16, my birthday. They're going to be in Las Vegas. And that's then, a big rodeo in Las Vegas. Uh, I imagine that's where the big bucks are. And you can you can gamble on this, by the way. Oh. I don't know if I do that or not. April 23rd, can Pete Rose Albuquerque. Can huh? Yeah. Pete Rose, can he? No, he's not. Uh, yeah, he, he could bet on this. Mm. So anyway. Uh, and, and then again, like I said, uh, the Mesquite Rodeo starts in, uh, in uh, what did I say? June? July? June. June. So, anyway, there's another sport. Oh, and I was going to say, anybody who really don't want to go out and see the rodeo, but you want to see a movie, Eight Seconds is probably the yeah, best 1993, one. 1993, starring uh, Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Stephen Ballin, a friend Stephen of ours. Stephen Ballin played tough. Hedeman? Hedeman? Yeah. And we, yeah, we, we met him at Bushman's. And then um, there's another... There's another uh, movie that I think might be good uh, called Cowboy Up. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it. I watched the preview and it looked like it might be pretty good. And The Longest Ride uh, is just a cheesy love story that I wouldn't watch. So, those are some interesting things about bull riding. Uh, like I said, I hadn't had a guy that was going to call in, but he didn't make it. So Fine. You can't count on those bull you can't riders. Do bull riders, well, they're busy, uh, you know, getting their face put back together. <laughs> probably had a headache, I'm sure. Yeah. Not tonight, I have a headache. Tonight's Rocks and Dirt, brought to you by the Tuxedo Cats and uh, fine venues all around East Texas who will who will take us. We, we appreciate you. Hope to see you this Thursday at the Crazy Cajun. For all of us uh, 
Rocks and Dirt, the Tuxedo Cats. I'm Mike for Todd and Steve. Until next time, bye-bye. sentence on tonight's rocks and dirt okay do it again this time say bull riding what did i say bullfighting yeah i got the wrong word rocks and dirt intro take two (laughs) 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 cleeton's career water easy (laughs) screaming what i'm ron burgundy (laughs) screaming what I think we're all indebted to Gabby Johnson for clearly stating what needed to be said. Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish, it expressed a courage little seen in this day and age.